what is up my dudes welcome back to yet another episode of olympia oddities so i recently got back into geocaching which is a 10 out of 10 approved social distancing activity um i can't recommend it enough it's so much fun so geocaching sends you to a lot of interesting spots and i recently tried to find one unsuccessfully which always kind of sucks but the location that i went to which was just an empty lot in centralia really uh, sparked something inside of me and i set off down the rabbit hole on this topic Today, I'm going to be telling you the story of how a small eastern Washington town was suddenly thrust into a media frenzy because of one cow who almost ruined Christmas. Let's dive into the story of the first discovery of mad cow disease in the United States, right here in Washington. This episode does come with a disclaimer for the fellow animal lovers out there, since some of the details in this story are very upsetting. I'll also be talking about the slaughter and rendering process of animals, so if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, feel free to skip this one, and I'll see you again next episode. So, let's start with a basic explanation of what exactly mad cow disease is. Mad cow is the slang name for bovine spongiform encephalopathy, which is a prion disease that eats holes in the brains of cattle. Prions are a misshapen protein, and they replicate by causing other normally folded proteins to take on their shape causing a chain reaction. These misshapen proteins form a chain or sheet together, which scientists believe is toxic to brain cells. Unfortunately, due to the long incubation period, usually four to six years, it can go unspotted for long times, but signs of mad cow include an abnormal gait, poor balance and coordination, tremors, and behavioral changes. Behavioral changes observed include aggression, anxiety relating to certain situations, nervousness, frenzy, and an overall change in temperament. In rarer instances, the cows may pace constantly or present excessive rubbing and licking. Cattle may also lose weight, have a decrease in milk production, become lame, have ear infections, or grind their teeth from the pain. The way that cattle are most often infected is through consuming the remains of other cattle who had spontaneously contracted the disease or fed on the remains of scrapey infected sheep. The practice of feeding cattle grain that contained animal bone meal from infected animals would eventually lead to mad cow's discovery in Britain in 1986. Cattle had began showing a condition similar to scrapies, which is a fatal degenerative disease affecting the nervous systems of sheep and goats. Reports of scrapies go back to 1732, and while it is caused by a prion and one of the transmissible spongiform encephalopathies, it does not appear to be able to be passed to humans. The strange behavior of the cows caused people to refer to this condition as mad cow. At the time, people were unsure of what had caused the start of everything, but some suspected that the feeding of scrapies infected sheep to the cattle through meat and bone meal had something to do with it. By 1988, 421 cattle had been diagnosed with BSE in Britain. In 1989, they banned the human consumption of certain organ meats, including the brain and spinal cord. Throughout the early 90s, consumers of Britain were also told that they had nothing to worry about and that the beef they were eating was totally harmless. Unfortunately, we now know that cooking or heating the meat does nothing to destroy BSE. It was around this time that house cats around, that house cats around Britain had begun to die from eating the contaminated beef byproducts in their pet food. Five antelope in British zoos contracted transmissible spongiform encephalopathy after they had been fed commercial cattle feed. Throughout all of this, The British government insisted that the people had nothing to worry about when it came to BSE and that the beef was safe to eat. By 1993, 120,000 cattle in Britain were diagnosed with BSE. 
This prompted Britain to ban the feeding of meat and bone meals to livestock and banned its use as a fertilizer. They began tracking individual animals and testing any cow over 30 months old that was intended for human consumption for BSE. In May of 1995, the world would find out that the beef wasn't in fact safe at all when, 19, when a 19-year-old named Stephen Churchill became the first victim of a new kind of Crutzfeld jacob disease, C, or VCJD. VCJD is a rare fatal disease characterized by rapidly progressing dementia, poor balance, visual changes, and or muscle jerks. That's right, it's a prion disease, and it's pretty much the human equivalent of mad cow. By the end of 1995, three more people would be dead from it. By March of 1996, the British Health Secretary was forced to admit that, quote, the most likely explanation at present for the now 10 cases of CJD in people aged under 42 was mad cow disease. At this admission, the destruction of 4.5 million cattle across Britain would begin. In 1996, the first legal link of a human death to a mad cow disease was proven when a British coroner proved that Peter Hall, a 20-year-old vegetarian, had contracted the disease from eating contaminated burgers as a child. The economic destruction, as well as the hardship of losing all their animals in some cases, caused a mental health crisis amongst farmers and ranchers. It's estimated that in Britain in 1996, three farmers per week were committing suicide. In December of 2002, the parents of Jonathan Sims, who had, been, had finally been granted permission to start their son, who had contracted VCJD, on an experimental drug called pinocin polysulfate. It had been used on animals before and had helped to slow the onset of the disease, but it still hadn't been tested on humans and the court was reluctant to rule in favor of its usage. Further complicating the matter was the fact that the drug's original intended use was as an anticoagulant and anti-inflammatory medication, so Sims would have a high risk of hemorrhage, hemorrhaging on the high dose that he would need to take. The line between an, an effective dose and a lethal dose was a thin line in animals, so they feared that taking it would kill him. Eventually, Dame Butler Sauce ruled in the family's uh, favor, restating that, where there is no alternative treatment available and the disease is progressive and fatal, it seems to me to be reasonable to consider experimental treatment with unknown benefits and risks, but without significant risks of increased suffering to the patient in cases where there is some benefit to the patient. With the knowledge of this, it's not hard to see how the announcement of a mad cow being found in a small eastern Washington town called Mabton caused a panic. Mabton is located about 33 miles southeast of Yakima, the Palm Springs of Washington. The cow in question was a six-and-a-half-year-old Holstein who, after having a traumatic birth, was left in bad shape and unable to stand or walk. While this isn't 100% sure a positive sign of BSE in a cow, it's definitely something worth paying attention to as it is usually a symptom of it. When she didn't recover, the owner of the cow, Bill Waverin, decided to send her to slaughter. On December 9, 2003, the cow was slaughtered at Vern's Moses Lake Meats. The cow had been inspected by a USDA Food Safety and Inspection Service veterinary medical officer both before and after the slaughter, and since the cow was designated a downer, or non-ambulatory cow, meaning that it couldn't walk, samples would be sent in for testing and the most high-risk parts would be removed. The brain, spinal cord, and parts of the lower intestine were all removed before the rest was sent to Midway Meats in Centralia, Washington which was the site of the lot that I went to the geocache the other day and how I got the idea for the story. On December 22nd, the National Veterinary Service Laboratory in Ames, Iowa, announced that the cow had tested positive for mad cow. 
By this time, the cow's meat had already been processed and distributed to eight different states before the tests had been completed, which did follow the federal regulations. A second sample was sent in for testing at an English lab, but the results, which also confirmed that the animal was infected, wouldn't be received until Christmas Day. Fearing intense public outcry, a press conference was called and Agriculture Secretary Anne Vinneman announced to the public that while the cow had tested positive, any diseased parts had been removed before it entered the market, saying that, quote, we remain confident in the safety of our food supply. Even though the risk to any or the risk to human health is minimal, we will take all appropriate actions out of an abundance of caution. She also assured the public, since this was 2003 after all, that this was no sort of terrorist attack, saying that this incident is not terrorist related. I cannot stress this point strongly enough. The need to assure the public that their food was still safe was of top priority. The BSE outbreak in Britain had been catastrophic to the European beef industry, where it had killed 143 people and 4.5 million cattle were euthanized as a result. The previous May had seen a single case of BSE in Alberta, Canada, and the result had been devastating to their economy. Elisa Harrison, a department spokeswoman, said downer cattle that show signs of mad cow disease when they reach the slaughterhouse are all tested for the illness. In 2003, an estimated 130,000 downed cattle were slaughtered each, re- each year. However, some dispute that this cow was a downer cow. David Louthen, the man who killed the cow in question and others that day, told MBC- MSNBC that she was the third cow off the second trailer that day, probably the 15th cow that he had seen that day. He claimed that she was a perfectly good walking cow and that the fact that she had been tested was a fluke. The previous two cows that he'd slaughtered had been in rough shape, with one being unable to stand and the other having great difficulty walking. Louthen claimed that the next cow, the BSE-positive one, was alert, standing, and in decent condition when compared to the others. The driver poked her with a cattle prod to try to get her down the uh, trailer's ramp, and Louthen described what happened next by saying, She's getting kind of squirrely. I see her eyes starting to roll around. She's looking for some place to go, he said. So I asked the vet, have you seen her, Doc? And he said, I guess I seen her, or something to that effect. And I had the knocking gun in my hand already. I stepped up, and I blasted that cow. She fell right there on the back of that trailer. He said that this was the normal practice for downer cows to be killed in the trailer with a bolt gun versus having them go back up the slaughter chute. But he'd been impatient and was ready to get off work, so I guess he decided to kill the allegedly able-to-walk cow in the trailer. As part of the protocol for all downer cows, he took a sample of brain tissue for testing. He said that if she had walked up the chute uh, into the slaughterhouse, no sample would have been taken, and a BSE cow that was positive would have entered the marketplace unknown to everyone. If I'd took the time to run her around the the pens, we'd have never known that cow had mad cow and she'd have gone right in, Louthen said. The USDA inspection port that that day listed the cow as sternal, or lying on its stomach, but otherwise alert. They also dispute Louthen's claims about the cow that day, believing that he's talking about another cow that was slaughtered. They also maintain that the cow had been in poor condition since its rough calving, and the inspection report does indicate this, reporting that the cow had internal bleeding in its pelvic canal and an enlarged uterus, which are both signs of internal damage during calf birth. The cow was also the only one on the trailer not to have a rectal rectal temperature taken, which Stephen Cohen of the USDA Food and Safety Inspection Board explained was because they weren't a requirement and that the cow was positioned up against the trailer wall, making it difficult for the veterinarian to reach. He said that temperatures had been taken from the other cows because they'd shown signs of illness and this cow had been alert. 
Former USDA veterinarian Lester Friedlander, who has experienced thousands or has experience inspecting thousands of downer cows, said that temperature readings for downer cows were the standard practice and that it should have been automatic. David Louthen, the self-proclaimed cow killer, agreed with him in his own way, saying that, quote, there ain't no reason in the world why you can't stick a thermometer into a downed cow's butt. Still, some still claim that the cow was capable of walking. Tom Ellistad, the owner of Vern's, had been quoted in several newspapers saying that the cow had been able to walk off the trailer. Another worker told the Oregonian newspaper that the cow was more than capable of walking off. Lausanne was laid, laid off from Vern's on January 5th, the day after he sent over 200 emails to inspectors and other USDA employees. He also spent time demanding that every cow meant for human consumption be tested for BSE, but the USDA claims that that would be overkill and that the newly imposed testing of all cattle over 30 months meant for human consumption would be more than enough to assure the safety of America's beef supply. He also detailed his worries about time spent with the infected cow and the possibility of cross-contamination, saying, Killing cows is a bloody, sloppy, splattery mess. It gets on you, it gets in you, it gets in your eyes, it gets in your mouth. Everybody that ever killed cows has definitely had a mouthful of dead cow that they had to spit out. It's still fun, but I can't go in there anymore and get that poison cow on me anymore. I don't know if it's supposed to be fun, sir. You know, I mean, it takes all types to make this world go around. The USDA finalized a ban on air-injecting stun guns as a precautionary measure against BSE, as they blast compressed air into the cow's brain, turning one of the most risky materials of a positive cow into complete mush. But Louthen worried that regular stun guns could still cause the uh, spread as bits of brain can be blasted into the rest of the carcass. He also raised worries about the risk of being exposed to it during another one of his duties, using a saw to, to create incisions down the spine and split it in half, saying that nobody washes a saw unless they hit bad beef or a condemned beef. That saw is not going to get washed until the end of that day, so that saw is contaminated. Veneman ended her press conference by saying, We see no reason for people to alter their eating habit habits. I plan to serve beef for my Christmas dinner. Still, businesses voluntarily recalled more than 38,000 pounds of beef from the infected cow and the 19 others that had been slaughtered that day. After the meat was deboned in Centralia, it had been sent to two facilities in Oregon, Willamette Valley Meat in Portland and Interstate Meat in Clackamas. The meat had been shipped to grocery stores, restaurants, and markets in Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Idaho, and Montana. The Sunny Dean Ranch herd was quarantined, and the officials began working to track down where exactly this cow had come from and whether or not it had any calves while in the U.S. Using her ear tag number and genetic testing, they were able to figure out that the cow had come from a herd in Alberta, Canada in just a few days. She'd been imported in 2001 with 70 other cows. She'd had one calf in Canada and two while in the States. One of her calves was a heifer and determined to be living on the same ranch as her. Another ranch in Sunnyside was quarantined when it was determined that the other calf, a bull calf, was on the property. Unfortunately, since he couldn't be properly identified, all 449 bull calves in the herd were killed. On, Saturday, on a Saturday in January, the first of 129 cattle from Sunny Dean Ranch were transported to an unused slaughterhouse, where they were then killed. Investigators had determined that nine other cows in the herd had come from the same Canadian herd as the BSE-positive one, and since they were unable to figure out if more cows had originated from the same place, they were killed. They suspected that the cause of the outbreak had been contaminated feed that the cow had eaten as a calf. 
The dead cows were to be tested, and all negative cattle were buried in a local landfill. The positive ones were to be cremated or dissolved with acid, but none of the other cows ended up testing positive. The ranchers were compensated for the cattle they had lost, but the story still rocked the town of Mabton hard. The quiet, overlooked town was suddenly the center of a terrifying disease, and the media flocked to it to cover the story. Beef and milk prices had already been low in the area for years, and had forced many ranchers and farmers out of business. On the same Saturday that the Mabton herd was killed, members of the town gathered to throw a free barbecue featuring all-you-could-eat beef and shirts that read, My Cow Goes to Anger Management. Along with the ribs and hot dogs, organizers handed out over a thousand burgers that day. And so, the beef industry in Mabton lived on, relatively unscathed from the entire ordeal. In January of 2004, the FDA banned the feeding of cow blood, chicken waste, and restaurant scraps to cattle, adding on to the previous ban of feeding meat and bone meal. Changes had been made in the aftermath of the, of the discovery of this mad cow, which made it even more shocking to everyone when on June 4th, 2005, a Texas cow was found to have BSE. This was the first mad cow to have presumably lived its entire life in the United States and had died at 12 years old. Scientists theorized that this cow contracted BSE through a birth defect. Since the first mad cow was found in Washington in 2003, six BSE positive cows total have been found in the, the United States. The second cow was in Texas that I just mentioned, and the third was in 2006 in Alabama, where a downer cow on a farm was euthanized by a local veterinarian. This cow was assumed to be around 10 years old, but because it lacked ear tags, the herd of origin was never discovered. This cow is thought to have contracted BSE through a genetic abnor abnormality. In 2011, Jonathan Sims finally passed away from the illness. The experimental medication had allowed him to live almost 10 years after he was diagnosed, but he still required intensive care, especially in his end of life. He was just 27 years old. The fourth mad cow was found in 2012 in California, the same year that the USDA established a rule that most livestock traveling across state lines had to be properly tagged for identification and traceability. Cattle under 18 months are exempt from this rule. In 2017, another BSE-positive cow was found in Alabama and tested positive for an atypical strain of BSE that seems to spontaneously arise in cattle populations and mostly affects older cattle. The most recent was on August 29, 2018 in Florida, when a six-year-old mixed-breed cow tested positive. The USDA reported that this animal never entered the food supply and that there was no risk to human health. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Olympia Oddities. If you want to support the podcast, follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Olympia Oddities Podcast. Uh, leave me a positive review or tell a friend. Uh, maybe stick to the chicken this week. And until next time, friends!